0: Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Please join us for this special edition podcast. Cancer is the name given to a collection of related diseases. In all types of cancer, some of the body's cells begin to divide without stopping and spread into surrounding tissues. Cancer can start almost anywhere in the human body, which is made up of trillions of cells. Normally, human cells grow and divide to form new cells as the body needs them. When cells grow old or become damaged, they die and new cells take their place.
1: There were 1.7 million new cases of cancer diagnosed in 2016. Prostate cancer was the most common cancer among males at 21%, followed by lung at 14% and colorectal at 8%. Among females, breast cancer, 29%, lung, 13%, and colorectal, 8% of these cancers were the most common. Two of those cases
0: were personal. Too close to home for all of us, Casey, because you and your sister were diagnosed with cancer in 2016, you with ovarian cancer, and your sister, Vicki, with breast cancer.
1: Shane, that's right. Both of us are doing fine now, but we thought it might be useful to talk about how our respective journeys unfolded. Needless to say, it can be breathtaking to hear that diagnosis, if we can help a little by talking about it, that's what we decided to do.
0: With us on the line is Casey's sister, Vicki. Vicki, welcome to Nurse Talk, and thanks for being with us.
2: Thanks, both of you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Sure. So. Thank yeah. you. So first I want to start by asking you, Vicki, uh, which one's the smarter sister?
1: <laughs> Not like that's a setup or anything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay. Do you really want me to answer
0: that? I, I can tell from t- it's self-evident. I, I I hear the wisdom coming out of your voice already, and I don't think there's any way that Casey could match that.
1: So. and and all I can say is she is the she is my older sister, so by rights she would be smarter. <laughs> all right. So
2: yeah, I have more experience. That's about it.
1: There you go. So let's talk about you first, uh, my sister. You were diagnosed with breast cancer in March of last year. Uh, so tell That's us a correct. little bit about the diagnosis, how you came to find the the uh, breast lump, and how it proceeded from there.
2: For me, the start was a lump that I went for an annual mammogram, and it was uh, they discovered a lump, and they pointed to it and touched it, and I realized that area had been sore, and I thought it was. I had bumped myself and this was the beginning of me realizing how much I was in denial about what's really going on with my body. And I immediately had a sonogram and what was interesting to me is nobody ever said the word cancer. What I kept hearing was you are positive. Mm. And I was then under the, uh, care of two doctors, my regular doctor and a cancer surgeon, and I read several books before making any decision about what I was going to do about the cancer in my breast. And the book that most impressed me was by Barbara Brenner. The title of the book is So Much to be Done. And she encourages questioning everything about what's going on with me and my body. And so that began that process for me. And from the beginning, I questioned my treatment, I questioned my surgery, I questioned the follow-up, I questioned whether I was going to have reconstruction. Uh, There was just so many, uh, like a process, so many layers of things that came at me. And probably what I most discovered about myself is that I had been very preoccupied with everything that my body did, but paid no attention to what my body said. Hmm. And that has been very uh, much a shift for me now.
0: So mm-hmm. did they change their wording from positive to cancer at some point to let you know what's going on? or Never did. did.
2: Never did. I was the one that first said cancer. And from then on, what uh, it was very interesting because people who uh, would interact with me in the medical profession would always begin our conversations by saying, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And again, that was different for me because I wasn't sorry. I was uh, wanting to get better. And in many steps along the way, the health professionals I found were very disjointed from what i was actually feeling and thinking
0: yeah i think there's there's often a disconnect i mean on on the uh-huh. providers end that's i mean let's be real that's their job and to a certain extent you know they're seeing person after person after person but also i think there's some uh lack of self-care amongst healthcare professionals that it, it doesn't really allow them to sink into it with you to any extent what was your reaction they were saying i'm sorry but how did you feel? How, what was your reaction once well, you got you this know, news? Well, you know, that's
2: very interesting because I had always been a person who wanted to die early. Uh, I, I never felt really happy about where I was at in life, though throughout my life I've spent time growing my spiritual life and growing my uh, will to be on the planet and to make a difference.
1: I wanted to say Vicky was born a twin and her twin brother died at the age of 43 of AIDS. So there is some history for, um, you know, some context for that. But what I wanted to yeah. know, uh, Vicky, is when you had the surgery and they removed the cancer and they said that they got it all and then you went to an oncologist after that. So just tell me a little bit about that process of going to the oncologist. For me,
2: the oncology was the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. And I just want to preface this by saying um, what I was trying to say prior to this is that I feel I had a different outlook than most of the people who were dealing with me. Mm -hmm. And so it was with the oncologist, too. My outlook was I didn't want any further procedures to be done because my understanding was that I had an 80% chance of remission without having any more procedures done. So that's what I was operating on.
1: So the oncologist told you that?
2: No, I gleaned that from all the information that I was given with regards to my cancer and the statistics that I read about when I went into the oncologist. And for me, it was a difficult process. Because I'm in a rural area and there are no female oncologists and I really am a person who wants to have females deal with me in my medical world and so I had two different oncologists both of them were males both of them told me that it was unusual to not want to do any further um, procedures to not go for the chemo or for radiation of any kind and I just felt that I wanted to go ahead and be with my body and listen to what my body had to say. And for me, the process was really about getting healthy with my body because I hadn't done that.
1: I just want to ask, because I think this is an important point, how did the oncologist react to you not wanting to seek further treatment?
2: Oh, that was very interesting. Both of them were very upset that that's the option I was choosing when I said, well, I had read that there was no cure for cancer because he was telling me he had the cure. And I said, well, there is no cure. And he, and he said, and how do you know that? And I said, well, I've read a lot about it. And he said, well, I think you read too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's always a helpful thing for a doctor to say to a patient.
2: When he told me that I felt shamed about, you know, my position And he said, so you're not going to do the treatment that I'm suggesting? I said, no. And he said, okay, well, I hope I never see you again. And um, maybe he thought that was funny, or maybe he was saying that because he meant that that I would be well. Right, and wouldn't have to come back. Uh, That's not how I took it, and I just thought he could have said, why don't you come back and see me and let me know how you're doing? Because I asked him, what are the statistics of women who get no further procedures? And he said, "Well, of course, we don't uh, consider those statistics."
1: Right, right. and that's a key piece of information.
2: I wasn't necessarily doing the wrong thing; I was doing a thing that um,
0: it was unknown. We don't medical
2: need... people don't
1: advocate right.
0: They for. don't even consider it. And so, Casey, I want to hear a little bit about your situation as well. I, I... How did you or your doctor discover what was going on?
1: Um, I had felt an abdominal mass and um, like a good nurse, I ignored it <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, made up a bunch of other reasons why it was. And I did not seek treatment for a while. I was certain it was nothing. And, um, you know, went into the doctor and said, I, you know, I feel this mass and, you know, you know, check it out. And she felt it and said, okay, I'm sending you for a CT scan. So right away, I knew um, I was in trouble and that there was information. When I was diagnosed, my sister had already been diagnosed and been treated and opted not for chemotherapy, but was in a place in her life where she told me she was happier than she'd ever been and experiencing more joy on a daily basis and that her cancer um, had been a blessing to her. So going into my cancer, I already had that caveat.
0: So that that was possible.
1: That that was possible and that I could see this as a positive and that I could experience it from the point of view of a gift, which really alters the way you hold it, which I think is key. So I opted for chemotherapy um, when told that 100% of of my cancer would come back without treatment. Um, it felt like then, you know, chemotherapy was something that I was destined to have. So, Vicki, I just wanted you to say a little bit about how you got to the place of learning about cancer and treatment and getting healthy. You came to a very, uh, to a place of awareness, and so I just want you to say a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know, uh, the greatest thing about getting to know your body is that it really does, carry you. It's there for you. And I never realized how much being in my body was a special treat. And that began my process of realizing that I was in the world, not just as me, Vicki, the personality, but this great body that was carrying me. You know, for women who have breast cancer, the disfigurement is something that I had to really work on to get through. And luckily I have a fabulous husband who just enjoyed me and my body no matter what had happened to it. Though so it took me months to be able to be okay with myself in the mirror. And in this process, I began to realize that I had this incredible energy and resiliency that I had experienced before when my twin died, but it was renewed. And I went back to work and I saw that Work was no longer working for me. Uh, Work had always given me incredible confidence in myself, and I'd always been acknowledged and gotten a lot of approval out of my job. That didn't really work for me anymore. So I asked my doctor if I could take more time off work and realized, yes, I could. And in the process of not working, I began to disengage from that whole area of myself of getting approval and being a productive person in my job and I started really being excited about living in fact now I'm kind of hoarding it and I'm thinking (laughs) I don't want to leave the planet now I don't want to leave life
0: for sure I want to ask both of you uh, quickly Casey what's the most important thing you'd like to share with anyone going through cancer or that just got some sort of life-threatening diagnosis
1: Well, I guess the thing I can say is you're um, on a journey, and it's not always going to be comfortable. I feel like I could not learn the lessons I'm learning without having had this diagnosis. And although it's uh, painful for me and uh, disconcerting and all of those things, um, this really is a journey that you complete on your own, but that you need everybody's support to, to get there.
0: All right. I really appreciate talking to both of you. Vicki, we want to thank you for being with us today, and thank you for your continued support, for your courage my and pleasure. willingness to be honest and vulnerable on the show, and really appreciate it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank and you, I my really sister. I hope what we had to say somebody out there heard, and it's going to make it a little better for them.
0: I bet it does. Thank you.
1: For more information about this topic, visit nursetalksite.com.